So podcast listeners, this is Carson Sestuli, your host of Fangraphs Audio. What follows there is a conversation, a brief one, with Eno Saris, and then a longer one between Eno Saris and Brandon Moss. Please note that there are swear words, probably the F word, maybe the S word, but definitely also the F word. We typically censor those words because of their deleterious effect on the human soul, but in this case, we do not we do not censor them. So there is the F word in what follows, and maybe the S word, but definitely the F word. Thank you. Balper, the Timor Brass, I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio is eventually Brandon Moss and also uh, a bit of Adam Munn, with also a bit of Adam Dunn. But my guest more imminently is uh, Fangraphs writer Eno Saris. Eno, you're there, I think. I am. Yeah, there I, you uh, are. I try to, try to bottle around off all the time, be here now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, well, you are here now, and uh, the reason you're here now. Uh, is because I was recently you were in uh, the Oak Clubhouse and uh, you got a pretty excellent interview with Brandon Moss, one that appeared in the pages of Fangraphs earlier today, electronic pages of Fangraphs earlier today. And uh, but it seems also to lend itself uh, to uh, the, the audio lends itself to broadcast as well. Not necessarily the quality of the audio, but uh, other aspects of it. What 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 in particular do you think uh, makes sense? Why why are we doing this? Do you think? Well, it's kind of fun. Uh, I think that you don't necessarily always get a sense of a player's, uh, uh, of their, what they're like, uh, what their personality is like. And I mean, there's some of it is marketed and some of it, um, is true and some of it shines through and some of it doesn't. And I think in, with the audio in this case, you get a real sense of Adam Dunn's like exuberance and just how silly he is. And he's really, bounces around the room and he's just a crazy talkative guy and i've had conversations with him about in the last week hydrogen peroxide um i mean i it's like whatever's happening he's going to have some weird question about it and he's going to go around and pester everybody in the room about it until he gets an answer he likes so um you know there's that and then there's adam dunn's you know well, so wait, it was brandon, brandon moss was the you mean brandon moss was the first guy you meant yeah, all right. Uh, you said Adam Dunn, but you're no. Well, Adam Dunn is a total straight-faced, uh, sarcastic, um, you know, the kind of guy who like mutters something. And you're like, wait, did he just say that? Mm-hmm. So uh, when you when you listen to the audio, you get the sort of bounding around exuberance of Brandon Moss, and then you get the the straight-faced um, jokester that Adam Dunn is. And I think it's kind of rare to 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 get them. To just sort of show themselves, um, yeah, I could have really split the piece into two, where one piece was a little bit more about their personality, and the other piece was more about Adam Dunn talking about advanced statistics, which is how the piece ends. But Brandon Moss, Brandon really Moss fun. talking about advanced. You keep calling, and I guess it makes sense to some, uh, in some way, to call or to confuse Brandon Moss with Adam Dunn in terms of their approaches, because uh, they do have a similar approach, perhaps. Well. I, I mean, there is there is that in the audio that you'll hear. Uh, they actually refer to that. So, yeah. um, one of the tables I had in the piece uh, compared them just in, in you know ranks among qualified players in terms of batting average, uh, on base percentage, isolated slugging, and uh, they're very similar. I mean, they're they're your classic low batting average, nice on base percentage slugger types, and 
to have them joking about uh, batting average was uh, pretty much comedic gold, I thought. The, the, a really cool thing I think that you get uh, from from the published piece you did, and and I would say it's uh, um, it's made even more clear by the audio is the degree to which uh, Brandon Moss is aware of his strengths and weaknesses and how realistic he is about both. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that one actually comes across a little bit more in the audio because you'll have him say uh, certain things about what he's like um, in in the written piece and. You could read it a couple different ways, but when you when you hear him be when you hear him say stuff like well, "That's pretty much all I hit uh, <laughs> yeah. about uh, about the fastball," <laughs> uh, it's uh, pretty great. And then even to have have him done straight face something straight face aligned about batting average is pretty great, just because you have to know that he has an opinion about about batting average after all these years. Uh, a number of commenters noted. And I will note here, uh, it is amusing uh, to, to learn that Adam Dunn is not entirely clear about who Ruben Amaro is. <laughs> yeah. And also, if you put that in the context of the of his history, where um, I, I forget exactly, maybe it's Alex Anthopoulos or somebody um, questioned uh, his his desire to play baseball. Right. Yeah. Um, and in that context. Um, you kind of wonder if he is being a straight face, uh, if he is being sarcastic about uh, Ruben Amaro not mattering, or uh, if Ruben Amaro uh, truly doesn't matter to him. So, um, I, I, yeah, that was uh, just a really, you know, and it, this part isn't um, in the audio and it isn't in the written piece. I, I went back. I was a little bit nervous after I read the piece um, to the Fangraphs uh, staff at a meeting I was a little bit nervous about getting the piece cleared and then making sure that everybody that was quoted in the piece was okay with it. And so I went back into the, the clubhouse this week and I asked um, Adam Dunn uh, if he was okay with being quoted. And he said, uh, uh, I hope I get it right. He said, this is it. I don't care what you print. Burn the place down. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, so, that's, that's great. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, she, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some, you know, thought about whether or not he'll retire. Uh, and to me, that's probably the second or third time he's uh, made a joke about retiring. So I think he will retire. <laughs> he seems, he seems ready to do it. But uh, who knows if he gets rejuvenated by a sort of postseason run or whatever. But uh, he, he allowed. He said I could go burn foot down. And then, and then ran him off when I cleared it with him. He said, "Well, you're going to take all the cuss words though, right?" And I said. No, and he said, "Awesome." <laughs> well, and he yeah. gave me like five fist bumps. <laughs> two, well, two, yes, two points that regarding the audio falls. One is uh, I've chosen also not to remove uh, any of the salty language. I think it's uh, it lends some authenticity to it. And the second thing is, uh, people who are listening should know this was not meant for broadcast, and uh, which is why if the uh, audio quality is not particularly great, or if the rock set song in the background uh, is. <laughs> Is particularly loud. It's because uh, you were not attempting to to produce this for audio or for audio broadcast, but it sort of makes sense, and I think it's a nice little document to uh, you know for everyone to listen to. Yeah, I think um, I think it's one of the better pieces of sound that I've heard that can give uh, someone a sense of what it's like in the locker room or clubhouse, whatever you want to call it. The the, the music's always loud. Uh, the players are always joking with each other. And if you get a straight piece from me, um, you know, that's a, a grips piece or just 
you know, straight Q&A, there's almost always a joke around it um, yeah. that uh, there's, always, there's always an extra interaction that's been removed. It's been sanitized to some degree. So this one's kind of fun because, hey, these guys have, have agreed uh, that this is fine, and, um, and, it, and it's a real look into what it's like in a clubhouse. Okay. All right. Well, uh, well thank you very much, Eno Saris. No, thanks for having me. And I, I hope you guys enjoyed the audio as much as I did. I, I was laughing nonstop. Uh, that's Eno Saris. Uh, stay tuned for Brandon Moss and, in part, Adam Dunn. Uh, I'm Carson Stooley. This is Fangraphs Audio. Top 10 hitter since 2012. Yeah. And I wanted to say, uh, just say this to you, fuck batting action. <laughs> I agree. I 100% agree with that. So I can quote you that way? You can 100% quote, quote me that way if you no, want to. I'm right. not kidding. No, you can't. That's all right. I am 100% believer that that's the, one of the worst statistics to judge a hitter in life because it's based entirely on luck. Bullshit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's the stupidest stat. Yeah. You no. tell it. Uh, what? It tells it all. It tells it all. Oh, it tells nothing. it all. <laughs> It tells how unlucky I am, yeah. or how many kiss they have on. Right. <laughs> this guy, you need to talk to him. That's like talking to an older version of me. <laughs> older and better. But um, one thing I noticed too is that because you, I love that piece that Jane did about you. About um, how you said uh, Ruben Amaro said something like, "Oh, we don't think he can hit a major league fastball." That was, a, yeah, but that was that was a long time ago. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, 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 I don't want to bring this up. No, it's cool. It's cool. But, That's old history. So what? What is that? Okay, so in 2000, Ruben Amaro, the GM for the Phillies. I was with the Phillies. Anyway, yeah, they do. If you're going to be called signed by the team, have a good year. And he, they went out and traded for a guy because they needed a bench bat, a left-handed bench bat. And they asked like, "Hey, this guy's having a pretty good year. Isn't that good for you guys? Why go outside?" He's like, "We just don't believe that Brandon Moss is able to consistently hit a major league fastball." And that's really kind of all I hit. It's like my best pitch. And everything else just kind of, I hope I hit. Yeah, if you're here, you're like that. I mean, you better be able to hit that pitch. Yeah, we we track. uh, It was a funny comment. I I laughed about it. I was like, okay, if that's how they feel, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. We track per pitch number, so we got per like per type of pitch. Yeah, so we I got know. You, I'm, your I actually ball. am a big sabermetrics guy. I love uh, baseball representative fans. Yeah. I love the both of them. So, so we got so we There's got you as a cool great fastball hitter. So yeah. he got that one wrong. But uh, one thing <laughs> one thing I noticed about uh, about you is that you kind of had these two. Inca- that's why I brought up the Jan article. Was actually you were talking about how they were trying to make you into something you weren't. You that kind of slap yeah. hitting and going the other way. Uh, I'm actually screaming for I interviewed Jesse, he was telling me a little bit about, like, yeah, I tried those to make are me do things. Yeah, I try I not to know. bring that stuff up because I don't want to throw anybody Yeah, no, I managed to write it up that it yeah. wasn't, he yeah. wasn't bitter about it. He, right. You know, and also he's been to so many different places. Yeah. So many different places. People Everybody had different had ideas. Different yeah. <laughs> but uh, one thing I noticed was that once you sort of became you, you're the Fly number balls. of pitches... Also, the number of pitches in the zone that you saw just went straight down. Yeah. So now well, that happens when you hit for power. Right. When you hit for power, it becomes more of a 
nibble around the zone, try to get into chase thing right. because they know that once you control the heart of the zone, yeah. And that's what my whole thing is: is control the heart of the plate. Right. You don't have to control in. I get close to the plate because people think I want the ball in, right. but it's really so that that pitch away becomes middle and it's like a heart of the zone pitch. Right. I, I hit in way better than I hit away, so I trust myself on an inside right. pitch and I make the outside pitch middle. That's interesting, and you and that's partially because of sort of maybe Chile got you opening up a little bit. No, I did that. You've always and, uh, been able to. I've, no, I did when I first came up. I was open. Yeah. And then when I went to Pittsburgh, they squared me up. Right. Well, Boston kind of squared me up at first. I was pitch hitting a lot. Right. And play it like a fourth outfielder. Right. But um, I went to Pittsburgh and I squared up, and that just completely took away from the load that I had. Uh huh. And so and went back. I went to AAA and Jeff Branson, the AAA hitting coach in Indianapolis for Pittsburgh, yeah. who's now their big league hitting coach, opened me back up. And that, that helps you on the inside. Hundred percent, right? because it's it's a gather and it's a load, but I'm not closed off to where I'm fighting to turn into it. I, uh, I just I'm just naturally over the place. It's just it's just that you know it's just natural path and stuff like that. Well, what I can see maybe this year is it seems like they're maybe throwing a, throwing a little bit higher up in the zone. A yeah, bit. that's a big weakness. I'm not, I know that though, and that's what I feel like early in the year. And I talked to Chile about this a lot. That's one area me and him do a lot. We cover that stuff. Um, I know that up in the zone is a big hole in my swing because I have this you type have of a, swing. It's an uppercut swing. Yeah. And so up in the zone is going to be a problem. And I felt like early in the year and in spring training, that was an area of weakness I wanted to work on in the offseason. Not not necessarily hitting that pitch, but not chasing that yeah. pitch as much. And uh, but in this little bit of a slump, I might have been chasing it. Yeah. Okay. All up and away is a big you. hole, and so, you just have to leave it alone. Yeah. Just trying. And to. it's really hard when you're struggling because you're wanting to fight and you're wanting to get hits and yeah. you're wanting to battle. You see a strike, regardless of up, down, wherever you want yeah, to hit it, and that's just not, not a pitch, pitch I can handle. You know what's interesting though is that up and in, Chris Young said, you know, I hit that well, but it's close. At to least me. fouling My it off. doesn't drop. Up and away, my barrel, I can't get, I can't uh, flatten my bat out up there. My bat comes through the zone like this. So right. up and away, if you're down, up and in. Uh, see what I'm he saying? Says he, he says if he tries to get you there, yeah. you just foul it off. I foul, foul it off a lot, yeah. Which and, is and a little bit anyone. dangerous at home, though. In his place? Or here. Yeah. Huge foul ground. Yeah, but usually you foul that back. Straight back. Yeah. Uh, okay, well. Yeah. I'm kind of. So. So basically, uh, as they've been throwing you less in the zone, you've been swinging less, right? Well, just generally, I feel like it's not that I've been swinging less. I mean, I have been swinging less. It's just that you know, you go through a slump. You start. You, I feel like usually when slumps happen, it's because you're chasing. Yeah. And so, what I my natural thing at first when I get into a slump is to swing more. Uh-huh. And usually that's when I start making more outs. And so I try to tone back the swing. Hey, zone in, you right. know. And then the only problem with that is you start zoning in. Well, now they start flipping the first pitch breaking balls in. Strike they one. start throwing the change up first pitch uh, to steal a strike. Uh, and then you're like, you I'm behind in the that. count. So that's just, it's just a constant game of adjustments. But you know, but if you're zoning in, when you're not locked in, when I'm locked in and when I feel right, I will swing that first pitch change up. I will try to hit that first pitch breaking ball because I see it you well. I trust myself. Right. But when I'm not swinging well, you know what? Hey, take it. You, now you've seen a pitch. You've seen that breaking ball. Maybe later on he'll hang it or he'll come and miss. And he'll right. miss the spot. It hasn't happened a lot, but it's just one of those things. When you feel good, you can hit more pitches. When right. you don't feel well, 
it's better off just to leave those alone and try to hope for a mistake later. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, you said something to somebody recently, maybe Slusser, um, saying that you made an adjustment in late August that you felt good about. Was well, it a swing adjustment, a mechanical one? Or? Uh, it was more, like I said, it was the covering the up in a way. Oh. As far as laying off of it uh, uh-huh. when I'm ahead in the count right. and fouling it off when I'm I did the see count. that you kind of just swinging, just swinging at less. Swinging at it less. Yeah, That's yeah. the adjustment. You know, I, with them, I just try to make something up and tell them it's a game. With you, I actually feel like yeah. you understand what I'm talking yeah. about. Because if I say that to a paper, they're going to be like, that's not an adjustment. You know what I'm that's talking the about? They want to hear that's you're like, oh, I lowered my hands or this because that's what they understand. Right. But in all honesty, the adjustment I made is, hey, I'm really exposing myself by chasing this. And now uh-huh. they get that, get that, get that, and they throw something down in the zone and that everything I chase. Everything changes, yeah. Everything changes. So uh, leave it alone if you're ahead. And if you're behind in the count, foul it off. Two quick Try questions. To. Two last questions. Okay. Uh, fewer fly balls this year? I don't feel Not like that, but um, no change in your swing plan or anything. Nothing. No, I don't feel like it's. I don't. I don't even feel like I've got fewer fly balls. I just feel like more of my fly balls have had less. They don't have the trajectory on them. Uh, I'm hitting a lot more high fly balls as opposed to the ones that. Well, let's say this. I'm doing this right. as opposed to well, this. That's why they throw up in the zone and try to get pop up. Pop it up. Yeah, yeah. Pop it up, and, and it's gonna work, you know. But hey, their pitches they miss. I, and like I said, I can't. I would love to have more hits. Uh-huh. I'd love to have more doubles oh, in this, up. but I have to be who I am. Right, Once you yeah. start start changing things about what you are, yeah. then you lose it all. Last thing, outfield first base. You know, there is a, such a thing in baseball called the DH penalty, which is uh, you hit 10% worse than you normally would if you come off the bench. So I was wondering if you ever felt anything like that with first base. Is this one of them more engaging to you? Like, do first you feel base is better? much more engaging. Yeah. You're, you're involved in everything. Your body's constantly Does that ever carry Outfield over? Outfield is more relaxing. Anything? Outfield is like, okay, just go out here. I can run down is the Is one of those states better for you at the plate? But I think first base is better for me at the plate because it keeps you sharper. Yeah. But I think body-wise and how you feel, the outfield is better. So, you, went, you know what I mean? There's, there's pros and cons. All right. Man. But they really got to go all into that. You know, people don't understand that. They think you're just playing baseball and swinging at pitches. But we, we I watch a ton of video. That guy watches probably is probably the only guy in this clubhouse that watches more video than I do. Wow. And it's because... As a power hitter that doesn't hit for a high average, I know that I have to make my swings count. When you swing, you when gotta, you swing, you go drive far. it. Yeah. So I have to know what is this guy most likely to throw. Yeah. What does he like to get ahead with? When it's 2-0 and he needs a strike in a big situation, he does to? he flip the breaking ball in back door? Does he throw a change out? Uh-huh. Does he go up in the zone? You know what I mean? There's you right. have to know those things. If you don't, so you you're swinging wildly. Right. And you're that's what I was doing guy. a lot yeah. in August. I was swinging wildly trying to do too much right. and therefore that's when the week out that's when the ground ball is really starting coming yeah. in August my ground ball rate it, it kind of skyrocketed strikeout yeah. rate went up chase rate went up walk rate went up because I was taking more yeah. pitches but when I would swing I wasn't swinging to drive the ball right. I was swinging to get a hit yeah. completely changed everything and that's why I said in late August I was like screw this I'm going to cover this pitch and I'm going to gear for this pitch uh-huh. and if I walk I walk and strike out I strike out yeah. I like talking to you. Thanks, man. Let's do it again. You're my kind of guy. Yeah, all right. See ya.